What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And first, I would like to take a moment for celebration. I'm recording this on August 1st. The celebration is not because you made it through another month, although that's still an accomplishment. The celebration is that August 1st, 2018 was the official start date of POP. So it is our four-year anniversary, which is absolutely insane to think about. It, it, it feels surreal. It feels like I woke up yesterday and was being fired and having the carpet pulled out from under me at my previous job and needing to figure out how to make this work. It's like, okay, sink or swim time. I guess we're starting a business. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was literally my birthday was July 23rd. And I got fired right around that time. And then it was about a month, less than a month after my grandfather had passed. And I was, I was reeling a bit like, what am I going to do? And I only retell that story to paint a picture of resilience and just things not needing to be perfect. And oftentimes when the security blanket is removed, that's when you actually get shit done. Sometimes we have this little safety net and we lean on it. We get all nice and cozy with it. Sometimes just removing plan B or removing the safety net is the best thing you can do for yourself. Now, in this particular situation, I certainly did not expect all of that to unfold the way that it did, but I'm incredibly grateful that it played out. Um, It just, there's silver lining in every situation. And I feel like things happen and then you give them a reason. And I feel like there was a reason why things unfolded the way that they did. Um, Another shout out, I can confidently say that we would not be where we are today, that I would not be where I am today without having Mel by my side through thick and thin. She was a friend first and just a true supporter. And now obviously my life partner, my ride or die, and she has been my biggest champion through all of the ups and downs, and there have been a lot of downs and she has stuck it out and been there with me through all of this. So shout out Mel, if you're listening. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank all of you guys because I, again, the podcast is funny. The podcast has been, I mean, we're 300 and some episodes deep. It's only been, gosh, what is it? Like two, three years, Um, three years. I think I started the podcast in 2019. So it's crazy because I just, this started as something that I just wanted to do as a form of like therapy to get these ideas out of my brain. And I felt like when I would write and I love to write, but I always felt like when I would write and send my daily emails that my brain was moving faster than my hands could keep up with. So I had all of this stuff just like swirling around in my mind that I felt like I wasn't able to get out onto the screen. And it always left me feeling slightly incomplete. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a podcast because for myself, it'll help me just get all of this shit out of my brain and, you know, hit record. And uh, I never imagined that anybody would actually pay attention or that I would have a popular show or that anybody would care what I had to say. And uh, I mean, you know, maybe... Maybe nobody does care, but at least 
I know that there are people who download the episodes, who listen, who send me messages and at least tell me that they enjoy what I'm doing. And that's enough for me. And, and to be fair, um, I really started this for myself first and foremost. It was, it was a selfish thing because I wanted to have my own form of like therapy when it came to ideas. And this episode is, is kind of hand in hand with that. Like the, the reason I'm choosing the topic that I'm choosing today is because I saw a Facebook ad and it just got me all fired up. And I had all of this stuff that I wanted to say about it. And I like bottled it up and was like, no, wait, save that for the podcast. So now it's just going to all come spilling out of me. I feel like if I were to write about it, I would feel like I used to feel, which is I have more to say. And there's so much nuance and there's so many little rabbit holes that we can go down. And at least with this platform, I can go on tangents. I can say whatever the fuck's on my mind. If it resonates, amazing. And if it doesn't, you can just tune me out. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, anyway, the topic for today, the Facebook ad that I saw was, was talking about um, burning fat as fuel. And I'm actually going to pull this up on my phone real quick because I saved the ad because it was so funny. And uh, oh, so it has a picture of two people laying on a deck. One person is in a bacon costume and the other person is in an egg costume. And it says at the top of the ad, how to burn fat as fuel with a big smiley face. And it's a keto special, the ultimate transformation program. It was previously $862, but we're going to cross out that number. And it's only $29 for a limited time. Now let's talk about the psychology at play here. There's a cognitive bias called price anchoring, meaning if I say a really high price, your brain will anchor to that price. And then anything below that price will feel relatively small. Um, this is a psychological trigger that we all have, even when we're aware of it. By the way, when you're aware of your biases, that doesn't mean you're not susceptible to them. This is a bias that we all have. So the ad shows you $862. You're like, oh my God, that's a high number. They cross it out and they put $29, which feels like, oh, that's nothing. I can pay that. So that's a price anchoring trick right there. And of course, limited time, they want to play on scarcity, which is another um, bias that we have when something is scarce or we feel like we're going to lose it. Oh my God, I have the best, <laughs> I have the best example of this. I don't know if any of you are like me, but when the ice cream man used to hit my neighborhood in the summer or like I was playing baseball or on the soccer field and the ice cream man hit, it was like the greatest moment ever. You hear that sound and you're like, holy shit, you're, you know, and I used to always get Choco Tacos. That was my go-to ice cream man order. Sometimes I switched it up, but the, but the tried and true treat of the ice cream truck was Choco Tacos. Don't fight me on that. This is fact. I'm not stating opinion here. Um, Choco tacos are discontinued. They are no longer. Klondike is no longer making Choco tacos. And when this news hit, this was like a national crisis. And there's this whole movement now, which is like, bring back Choco tacos. All of the people like myself who have this connection and nostalgic feeling about Choco tacos. Anyway, um, this past Saturday, we had some friends over and um, Mel's kids were here and we heard the ice cream man and 
they, Mel and her youngest, like ran out to catch the ice cream man and she bought three Choco Tacos, which that is now a very valuable asset. Even though we ate two of them, we still have one Choco Taco, but you can't get them anymore. They're not, they're not making them anymore. Um, the point of that is it could possibly be a brilliant marketing strategy by Klondike because when something is removed or you feel like there's a limited supply, a limited quantity, a limited time, then your brain is like FOMO. Oh shit, I'm going to lose out. I can never eat a Choco Taco again. No, I need to go buy some Choco Tacos right now. And so it creates this level of urgency to get you to take action. And it could possibly be a brilliant marketing strategy. Uh, Maybe their sales were down for Choco Tacos and they use this. I'm just speculating that I don't have any sort of, there's, there's no substance behind what I'm saying other than it would be really funny if they did this and then they brought Choco Tacos back and it was this big celebration and everybody was all happy and whatever, but it could possibly be a a brilliant marketing strategy or even just to create more awareness around Klondike as a brand, because I don't don't even think I knew that they made Choco Tacos, but once they said they were discontinuing them, I was like, oh shit, I didn't know it was Klondike. They should have just stopped the Klondike bar instead of Choco Tacos. That's a whole nother story. Anyway, so this ad, by the way, if at any point during this rambling monologue, you feel the need to leave me a five-star rating and review somehow on Apple Podcasts, you're like, you know what? I actually like your rambling nonsense. Leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, excuse me, just knocking over my water bottle here. Um, as always, if you can share with a friend or family member, I always appreciate it. If you can take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories on Instagram, um, tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. I appreciate that as well. So in, in true fashion, when I started this podcast, it was like, get this shit out of my head and recorded. And a lot of times it was because of myths or misconceptions around fitness and nutrition that just pissed me off. And I wanted to share all the nuance and the gray, like people are so black and white when it comes to, I mean, when it comes to life, but really when it comes to nutrition. So this ad pops up and it says that they've helped 160,000 clients, which I am very skeptical. It says how to burn fat as fuel. And it's promoting some kind of keto transformation. Now, this is not a bash on keto. What I want to do is I want to talk about clever marketing with things like how to burn fat as fuel. Because I've heard this on a number of occasions where people will tell me that they're trying to burn more fat as fuel. And I don't think that there's really a understanding of what that means. And is it even important? And if so, why is it important? And just like, let's just have a nuanced conversation about what that looks like. So to burn fat as fuel, The only requirement is have a functioning metabolism. Okay, let's just start there because your body at all times is burning a combination of carbohydrate and fat. Always. Now, there are certain times where the percentage will be higher in one direction or another. For example, if you are doing something that's very low intensity, like you're just walking or you're sitting at your desk and doing some work and typing, you will mostly be burning fat as fuel. When you are doing something that's very high intensity or a very long duration of activity, you will be 
primarily burning carbs as fuel. Your body uses both. The only exception is when there is alcohol present in your system. When that happens, your body actually shuts down fat metabolism and carb metabolism, and it works through alcohol. Like it has to get that out of your body. So it's effectively running on alcohol before it kicks back on the carb and fat burning process. Hopefully everybody understands that basic premise. So when you hear something like how to burn fat as fuel, it sounds really appealing because we think body fat. When we hear how to burn fat as fuel, we think body fat, but they're talking about the energy source, which is just having a metabolism, being alive, being a functioning human who is alive and moving and breathing and living, you are already burning fat as fuel, period. You're also burning carbs as fuel. Now, when I say that there's a percentage, it depends on the person, it depends on the activity, and it depends on nutrition and lifestyle and metabolism. Some people naturally burn more carbs at rest than fats. And some people naturally burn more fats at rest than carbs. There is a term called metabolic flexibility. And it's simply, metabolic flexibility is simply your body's ability to use the appropriate fuel source at the appropriate time. I'm not going to get into ketones, but effectively ketones are a version of fat metabolism, which is why I say it's the only two fuel sources. Ketones are basically like your backup system as a part of fat metabolism when there are not enough carbohydrates present. Okay. So we're lumping that together because it's effectively the same thing. When you are, so metabolic flexibility, your ability to utilize the appropriate fuel source for the appropriate activity and switch back and forth between the two, meaning a flexible metabolism tells me that I can use mostly carbs for high intensity activities. Let's say I'm trying to lift some weights. I'm going to hit the gym. It's leg day. Today was leg day for me. I want my body to primarily run on carbs as the fuel source. Then once my workout is over, I've already depleted some of my, my glycogen stores, my carbs. Effectively, when carbs get broken down into your body, um, it's broken down into glucose and it's stored as muscle or liver glycogen. Okay. So in the cell, it's glycogen in the bloodstream, it's glucose. When we talk about it in food form, it's carbohydrates. So hopefully that all makes sense. So you're still, you're burning that fuel source. Um, same thing with fats, you know, it's in the bloodstream, they're free fatty acids stored as, as triglycerides. Um, so again, same thing, fat is fuel, but when I'm lifting during that session, I want to be using mostly carbs. When I am recovering, when the session is over, I've depleted a lot of my muscle glycogen. I've burned through some of my carbs and I want my body to then switch into using fat as fuel when I'm in a low intensity state. So when I'm recovering, when I'm walking, when I'm going about my day to day. Now, that doesn't mean that my body has switched 100% to fat as fuel. It will just skew in that direction. So let's just say during my strength training session, 
And these are all hypothetical numbers. It's just to paint a picture. During my strength training session, let's say I'm utilizing 80% carbs and 20% fats. And then when I'm finished my session, I'm recovering, I'm chilling out, I'm walking, I'm doing my thing. Let's say that number has switched to 80% fats and 20% carbs. That would be a flexible metabolism. When you have an inflexible, when your metabolism, uh, when you are struggling with metabolic flexibility, typically you're just one thing all the time, meaning you're like 80% carbs during high intensity training and you're 80% carbs during low intensity activities. Your body's not switching effectively between fuel sources. Similarly, if you're only burning fats as fuel, fat as fuel, during low intensity and high intensity, that's also not a good thing. That's still lacking in metabolic flexibility. Why is that important? Because if we're talking about optimal and we're talking about improving body composition, there's actually a benefit to being able to use the right fuel source at the right time. And here's why. It's not going to make a difference for, for fat loss. And I'm going to talk about this in a second. It's not going to make a difference for fat loss, but it will absolutely make a difference for getting the most out of your training and recovery. Okay. If you are completely depleted of carbs, you will not be able to train as intensely. You will not be able to build muscle as easily. You will not be able to recover as effectively as if you had carbs in your body. That is proven by research over and over again. Being fully, quote unquote, fat adapted will impact your ability to train, to get stronger, to build muscle. I'm not saying that you can't do those things. Understand, I'm not saying that you cannot do those things. I'm saying that it is less efficient and it's more difficult. So you're making life harder on yourself. You want to be able to utilize carbs to perform better in the gym and to recover more effectively. When I talk about recovery, I'm also talking about sleep. Um, sleep is one of those things where it's, it's so, it's like this low hanging fruit that would move the needle so much. And a lot of people just don't even spend any time. It's like one of those things that we often assume we have no control over. We have a lot of control over our sleep. Now you might have a schedule that you can't control. But even if you can't control your time in bed, you can control the quality of your sleep and do things to improve the quality of your sleep. Um, and while we're at it, I have like an, an announcement that I'm beyond excited. Uh, we have an official new sponsor of the show to team up with myself and Pop and the Mind Over Macros podcast. Uh, it's a company that I've known for a long time. The owner is a friend of mine. He's been on the show. We're going to get him back on the show. His name is Joe Sheehy. The company is Cured Nutrition. And when it comes to sleep, they have a product that I started to take. And the reason why I immediately was like, yes, absolutely. I will talk about your product because number one, I'll never talk about anything that I haven't personally tried that I wouldn't put my own name and reputation behind. Okay. So far, Organifi has been the only one. Number two is cured because I have tried their Zen product, which is a nootropic 
they have their own in-house uh, clinical herbalists who put together this blend of reishi mushrooms, ashwagandha, chamomile, passion flower, and broad spectrum CBD. Um, a really powerful combination. I'm a big fan of CBD. Uh, I think it has a, a, a lot of, of emerging research that's really positive and optimistic. Uh, when it comes to sleep, this thing is a game changer. I used to drink chamomile tea, chamomile tea every night before bed. I also utilize reishi mushrooms and ashwagandha separately. So having all of this and CBD separately. So it's basically like taking all the things that I was already doing and putting them into one little capsule, which is amazing. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if we simply improved our sleep every single night, it would make such a huge difference beyond a lot of the fads and quick fixes that we try. Um, it's, it's one of those like deposit some time and energy into your sleep and it will pay dividends beyond what you can imagine. A lot of times that's the sticking point. Stress and sleep are the sticking point for most people. Um, you know, Zen, their product, it's a game changer. It's been a game changer for me. Um, you know, I would say start there, like go to curednutrition.com, start there, use code POPFAM at checkout, grab their Zen product, see how it does with your sleep. Like, trust me, this will change the quality of your sleep. You'll wake up feeling re refreshed. Um, we've got 20% off for you at curednutrition.com, code POPFAM at checkout. If you look at the ingredients, reishi, a mushroom that promotes stress resilience and calming, magnesium, a lot of times, um, this is something that I'll recommend just as a standalone once again, uh, but it's shown to have a positive impact on reducing blood pressure for those who are low in magnesium. It also plays a role in like 60 different processes in the body. And I'm probably undershooting that. It's, it's probably a lot more than that. Um, CBD, they have a 20 milligram dose. It creates that calming effect in the mind. It's not like sedative, but it, it really just like declutters your brain. Ashwagandha has been shown to reduce anxiety. You know, I'm a big fan of adaptogens um, and passion flower, which is another um, ingredient that calms the mind. So this is like a powerhouse product that will, if you struggle with racing thoughts, if your brain is just always on, and that is the problem with your sleep cycle, um, go take the Zen product, curednutrition.com, use code POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M, cured is C-U-R-E-D, um, and it's curednutrition.com, code POPFAM for 20% off. You can check out all of the products that they have. I want you to start with the Zen because sleep is one of those things that can move the needle, um, like I mentioned, and uh, invest time and energy into your sleep, and it will pay off with your body composition, with your overall well-being, with your mental clarity, with your ability to focus at work and be more productive. Um, give it a try and then tell me what you think. Anyway, so what I was saying was when we are looking at fat metabolism, you will, if you're only burning fat as fuel, you are leaving some results on the table in the form of recovery, right? Because carbs are another way to help in, increase serotonin, slow your brain down, get into rest and digest mode. It's going to increase insulin, which is the shutoff valve for cortisol. We want cortisol to be lower in the evening. We want melatonin to be higher in the evening. We want that natural cycle to play out. And carbs can play an important role in that 
circadian rhythm process. So what do we do about this? This clever marketing strategy of, hey, do you want to be a fat burner? Um, there's another there's another way that this is marketed, which is like the fat burning zone. If you've ever heard that before, there are workout programs and there are trainers that will preach the fat burning zone. And it's like, hey, if you get into this level of heart rate, you are in the fat burning zone. Again, they are playing a sneaky trick on language without giving you the full details. Is it true that during certain levels of intensity and cardio that you are burning more fat as fuel? Yes. So there is some legitimacy, which is why when somebody says the fat burning zone, they're not completely off. The problem is that they're intentionally misleading you into believing that that equals body fat loss. You are not in the body fat burning zone or the body fat loss zone. That is not at all what you're doing. You are simply using more fat as fuel. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, but Mike, if I'm burning more fat as fuel, wouldn't that ultimately lead to more body fat loss? And the answer is not necessarily, but maybe. <laughs> okay. Because if you are, burning more calories overall, burning more calories than you consume, then you will lose weight. If you are intaking and consuming more calories than you burn, you will gain weight. However, where is that weight coming from? If you're only doing cardio and you're not using your muscles for anything, you'll lose a lot of muscle. A lot of the weight that you lose will not make you actually look better. You might end up being skinny fat. And therein lies the rub. You have to be able to tell your body that the muscle you have is being utilized. And if you want to optimize maintaining muscle, building muscle, allowing your muscles to recover, allowing your body to recover, improving metabolic flexibility, then it is a good idea to incorporate some carbs into your nutrition plan and to stop falling for this fat burning nonsense. Because if you burn, let's just say you only burn fat. Let's say you're fully keto, fat adapted. You're a fat burning machine, right? Let's just use that example. All day, you're only burning fat. Let's just say 99% of the calories you burn are from fat because you're not eating any carbs. You're full on fat burning mode. If you are eating more calories than you are burning, you are still gaining body fat because guess what? The fat that you're consuming is already fat. It can be stored very easily as body fat. Now let's just use the other extreme. Let's say you are only eating carbohydrates. You have like no fat. Now it's not a good idea. You need some fat because otherwise you wouldn't survive. But let's just say you're mostly, let's say you have like 5% fats and everything else is protein and carbs. And you're burning like 90% of your calories from carbohydrate. If you are burning more calories than you're consuming, you will still lose body fat. Okay. Because even though you're storing carbs and you're not burning fat as fuel, once you get to the place where because the calorie difference, like you're still in a deficit, you're still burning more than you're consuming. 
So at some point, your body has to tap in to stored energy. And that stored energy is body fat. Once it burns through the daily calories that you've utilized, it now has to tap into what's stored. Does that make sense? It doesn't matter where the fuel source is coming from. So rather than living on either end of the extreme, why don't we find some beautiful middle ground that works for us as individuals, which in my opinion would be incorporating enough protein to maintain muscle so that when you lose weight, it's mostly body fat and allowing carbs and fats to the level should, should be based off of you as an individual, based off of your personality, based off of your activity, um, trying to incorporate and, and facilitate some level of metabolic flexibility in terms of personal preference, in terms of your lifestyle, all of these things matter. What I don't think is a, a good idea is being on one end of the extreme or the other. Don't fall for the whole, you're a fat burning machine, get in the fat burning zone, use fat as fuel. You're already using fat as fuel. If you're alive and you're listening to this right now, in this moment, in this exact moment, you're using fat as fuel. You don't need anybody to trick you into using fat as fuel. It's already happening. In order to lose body fat, you need to burn more than you consume. In my opinion, we shouldn't be focused so much on the calories in versus calories out. We should be focused on daily habits and food quality and walking and strength training and sleeping well and managing stress and drinking enough water and building a lifestyle that supports the body that we desire. But to break it down in its most simplest form, yes, doesn't matter if you're only eating fat and you're a fat burning machine. If you're a fat burning machine, but you're also a fat storing machine and you're storing more than you're burning, guess what? You're gaining fat. That's how this works. So try to be careful when it comes to these tactics that really savvy marketers utilize to get you to believe that there's some kind of a trick. Oh, if I just go keto, I'll burn all this fat. Right. But you're also eating more fat. You have more fat moving through your system. So naturally, you have more fat to utilize as fuel. If you're still over consuming calories, you're still going to gain body fat. And it will actually be an easier process to store because no conversion has to happen. If you over consume in the form of carbs, Carbs can't be stored as body fat. They have to first be converted to fat and then stored. And that conversion requires a little bit of energy. So you'll actually burn calories while converting carbs to fats. It might not be a huge difference, but it's still a difference. Anyway, all roads lead back to the gray area. This, this shit is always nuanced. It's always based on the individual. Um, one of the things that I wanted to leave you with is a book recommendation um, First, go pick up your cured. Go to curednutrition.com. Um, use code POPFAM. Grab yourself some Zen. Check out their other products. Do that first. The second thing that I want you to do, maybe you have an audible credit that you can use, um, or maybe you just want a new book to read. It's called Be Your Future Self Now by Benjamin Hardy. Um, I just finished it. I finished the audio version. It's like a four plus hour um, listen on audible. Quick read. I'm going to start it right over again because when I find something that, that's, that, that connects that deeply, I always want to re-listen. And usually I'll do it like a third time and a fourth time 
Um, before I move on to the next book, I always want to make sure that my current read is something that I'm absorbing and applying. And this one was just full of amazing takeaways. But one of the things that I love that the author said in Be Your Future Self Now, he talked about like always, like you always have to pay the piper. And the piper is your, is your future self. And a lot of times we make decisions and we make a decision so that our current self gets what it wants and our future self pays the price and that's paying the piper, right? And a very easy example that the author gave was like, let's say you have an early work meeting in the morning and it's like Sunday night and your friends wanted to go out and you're like, you know what? I really want to go out and enjoy this night. I'm going to go get some drinks and enjoy the night. And then it gets out of hand. They want to start taking shots. You're getting a little drunk and you've got this early Monday morning work meeting. Now, a lot of times you'll think to yourself, like, I'll deal with the lack of sleep and the shitty feeling tomorrow morning. Like that's, that's Monday morning me's problem. That's not current me. Like current me is having a blast. Current me is drunk and feeling the vibes and current me wants to keep doing this. Future me tomorrow morning, well, that person is going to have a shitty time dealing with it, but that's their problem. Or sometimes we'll make a financial decision and we're like, you know what? Um, I'll figure it out in three months down the road. That's their problem. You know what I'm saying? Like you're sacrificing your future self so that your current self gets some instant reward. And in, in reality, now I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever go you know, party and get, I get drunk plenty of times and I pay the price, right? I pay the piper. My future self is like, shit, now we have to recover and we have to hydrate and we have to like start getting ourselves back to homeostasis. And sometimes it's worth it and sometimes it's not. But the, the key is that there is always a cost. You're either making a deposit for your future self or you're... Um, you're debiting away from your future self. So it's either a, a deposit or a cost. And it's always one of those two things. And if you think about it, a lot of the times you're paying a cost because you're afraid to be uncomfortable now. And right now you're committed to your current results. In order to be committed, and, and you might not be happy with your current results. And that's a It's an important distinction to make because right now you're committed to your current results. Right now, everything that you've done has gotten you to this point. So you're committed to your current results. If you're not happy with your current results, you have to be committed to a different version of you. You have to be committed to your future self. The problem is when it comes time to making that change, because it does require a change, you often sacrifice your future self so that your current self stays comfortable, right? So what you'll do is you'll say, you know what? I really think I need some help. I want some support. I need a coach. I need accountability. I need to know what to do. And your current self is like, yeah, like I I want this change. I'm not happy with the current results that I'm getting. I want this change. But then what happens? There's a financial commitment and there's a time commitment. And there's an energy commitment. And all of a sudden, current you is like, you know what? Those things feel really uncomfortable. I'm going to sacrifice my future self so that current me doesn't have to be uncomfortable. You're scared of current you failing and it ends up costing future you. This is a whole different person 
that you are treating like shit. If you treated that person with respect, with empathy, with concern, with care, if you treated that person appropriately, then you would make those deposits today. You would make the sacrifices today to gain down the road, two years from now, five years from now. You would make the investment because the investment today saves future you money. You're thinking about current you. You're disrespecting future you. You're saying, I don't want to make that investment, but you still have to pay the piper. So you're paying the cost no matter what. The problem doesn't go away. The money spending doesn't go away. The health concerns don't go away. The pain doesn't go away. All of a sudden, you're paying the piper. And then it's like, oh, well, that's future me's problem. And then two years go by and future you is like, fuck you. We could have had this shit dealt with. All you had to do was make the investment and show up and we would have been good. Instead, you kept yourself comfortable and now we're paying the fucking price. You always have to pay the piper. If you connect to future you, thinking about that person is a different person than you are right now. You haven't met that person yet. Treat that person with respect. Make deposits for your future self. If you think in that way, you'll be more aware. You'll make more sacrifices. You'll be okay failing in the present to succeed in the future. It's a powerful mindset shift. And hopefully this, this resonates, but I highly recommend you read the book because it will move you and it will create some awareness that maybe you haven't created before. Um, it's a really powerful read. I'm going to go through it again because I certainly did not absorb all of the gold that was packed in there, but it's called Be Your Future Self Now by Benjamin Hardy. And here's an opportunity. Like I see this all the time. People schedule calls with my team and they cancel, right? And they still have to pay the piper. I never think anything of it. You know what? They weren't ready. That's fine. But guess what? They just taxed their future self. They just created a tax on their future self. They didn't put in a deposit. That's a cost. They have to pay the piper somehow. And so if you're ready to make an investment into your future self, if you're, make, if you're willing to make a new commitment to your future self, to treat that person with empathy and respect, then do yourself a favor and take action now. Get outside of your comfort zone. Go fill out the application about coaching. The worst thing that happens is we tell you it's not a good fit or you're not ready for this. You're really not committed. That's okay. It's okay to be aware of that. Take the step. Take the step for your future self. Go to neurotypetraining.com slash apply. Fill out the coaching application. You'll schedule a call with my team. We'll make sure it's a good fit on both sides. And we'll get you started on this transformation where your future self will thank you. The people that make that short-term sacrifice, that make that investment, that deposit into their future self, it pays off every single time. I cannot tell you how many people say this was the best investment I've ever made. It pays off because if you don't, you still have to pay the piper or you can make a deposit so that your future self benefits. That compounding interest in a year, in two years, in five years, 
You don't even recognize, you can't even begin to see what that looks like because the change is like nothing you've ever experienced before. And all it takes is that one step in that direction towards becoming your future self. Know who that person is, get familiar with that person, and then start acting like your future self now. And the decisions will be clear. You will no longer flip flop. You'll no longer book calls and then bail and break commitments that you make to yourself. All of that shit is keeping yourself comfortable today and it's taxing your future self. Show up for your future self with empathy and respect. Go to neurotypetraining.com slash apply, fill out the application, see if we can make it work. If not, we're still here to support you in any way that we can. Happy fourth anniversary, Pop. I'm super grateful for each and every one of you. I love you all, and I will talk to you guys very soon.